tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Hey, good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Joining me as always is my good friend, Xavier Guerrero. Oh, that was great. And on the ones and twos, Johnny Woodard, a.k.a. Jay Nice. This is another one of those deja vu moments uh, right? that we get so often on this show. I, I feel know. like we just did this. It's so weird. I bet you when people watch this, they'll be like, hey, this looks like the beginning of the last episode. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. So here's what's going on with this episode, man. It was a great episode. and uh, But what happened? We were having internet problems. So Johnny's gonna Johnny had to do a little work on it. So just to clean up the audio on our end. Just, and- just remember what you heard. It was worse than that. Yeah, just know that Johnny did some super miracle work on that because he's a miracle man, okay? He's a magic man, and yeah. Guys, a lot of stuff going on. If you want to see me live, please go check my dates at samtriplee.com. On the May 27th through the 29th, I am live at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis. I am bringing my good friend, Yoshi there. It should be a great time. And then the following week, I'm proud. I'm going back to Miami. First time in years. And I'm going to be playing uh, Shitcoin 2021. Yes, winner, winner, chicken dinner. And then after that, it's the Tin Full Hat Comedy Tour. He's back. Eddie Bravo. Xavier Guerrero. And Reed Becker will be live. We'll be doing stand-up. We'll be crushing shit. And uh, it's at the Secret Group in Houston. So come out, hang out, and meet some futuristic black women, okay? Just go to samtriplee.com for all them tickets. I also have a a couple other shows that we're locking in. I'm going to be in Bakersfield, I believe, on the 19th. So those dates to come. Uh, Guys, if you want to support the show, there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, one way is through premium content. Sign up for Rockfin. Everybody on this show has a Rockfin show going there. And guess what? You get all of our stuff for $10. Whether it's Tinfall Hat Premium, Zero, my spiritual podcast, uh, Broken Sim, the go- the greatest of all time sports talk. Conspiracy Social Club. Come Conspiracy on. Social Club. And you get uh, Xavier Guerrero's. We don't smoke the same. We don't smoke the same. Bang, Um, bang, singing, we don't smoke the same. Bang, bang. I don't know why nobody doesn't use that. We we need someone. I do. Uh, What? Yeah, I know why. Guess what? I just took Broken Sim off of Rockfin, okay? Okay, but yeah, remember you know, who he is. Remember who he is. Remember who yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm he's the head, head of comedy. comedy development. There we go. You fucking get it, bro. You fucking get it, punto. Okay, so go and uh, support show. $10 for everybody's 
everybody's content on there. Not just ours, but also people like Abby Martin, Jimmy Dore. Oh, shit, you just got Josh Wolf on there? Josh Wolf is Ooh. on there. And trust me, I'm bringing the comedy savages there. So all these comics that you love on Patreon, they will all be there on Rockfin. All for $10, man. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Guys, t-shirts, please get them. Okay, whether it's uh, Once Upon a Time on This Flat Earth. Opiate of the Asses. Opiate of the Asses. The the, the most wonderful place on Earth. What else is there? Uh, We go deep, homeboy. Local celebrity. Local celebrity is one of my favorites. Go, it's a great way to support the show. Helps everybody here. And guys, I just want to tell you how much I love you. I, I have to do this once in a while. I love the swarm so much. And I think everyone realizes how powerful of a movement we are. And I hope you uh, you enjoy this guest that came on, uh, Maj Torre. Uh, he was great. And uh, again, we had some internet problems. And I would rather put the in- the episode out so you guys can get the best of what we got than not put it out at all. It was a great, great, great discussion. And I hope you guys enjoy it because the man is very intelligent. And he's just, I just loved everything he said. And it was, a, it was an honor and a privilege and a wonderful conversation to have. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, hope to see you guys in Minneapolis. Enjoy the show. All right, so let's get into it, man. I've been uh, waiting to do this episode for a while now, ever since we booked him. I'm a big fan of everything he's doing. He's a native of North Philly, and he founded the educational nonprofit organization called Black Guns Mattered. I'm super excited to have him on. Please welcome Maj Torre. How are you, my friend? What's up, man? How you feeling? Um, We're uh, super excited to have you on. Uh, It's a real honor. And uh, for those who may not be familiar with you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your 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 whole movement? Yeah, Reform North Philly Scumbag, um, <laughs> the founder of Black Guns Matter, uh, just a, a guy that saw that there was a serious problem with urban America and as it relates to um, firearms, firearm safety, the Second Amendment in general. And um, just wanted to do something about it. So we, we just did something. So we started putting together these events. Uh, you know, they're free to all. Whoever wants to show up can show up. Um, they're crowdfunded. You know, we, we raised uh, about a little over $400,000 over the last four years. So about $100,000 a year to give these classes all around the country. Just people that like, we like the planet fitness of the gun community. <laughs> it's like, listen, we're not judging nobody. If you don't know nothing. Just come on in and just get started, you know. So that that's pretty much what Black Guns Matter is. Um, and then it takes you into all of these weird spaces. It takes you into these conversations about politics. It takes you into these spaces about left and right and how democratic policies um, have impacted the black community or the urban community, too, as well as um, how Republican or right-leaning policy or the lack thereof engagement has allowed those policies to fester. So... Um, it's been a heck of a ride. Hopefully, you know, we'll hit our goal of raising $1 million by the end of this year. If not, I'm going to go homestead somewhere. But uh, for real, for real, it's, it's been a great time. Yeah, I love what you said, man, former scumbag. I say that I'm a scumbag with a heart of gold. I say that all the time because just, you know, it's like you own it, right? You own it. And uh, I don't know. It's just like the truth will set you free. And uh, you're only as sick as your secrets. That's what I've learned 
And uh, I, I I love everything you do. You know, during the the the, the 2019 2020 uh, either those years and the chaos of that. I know we're still in the chaos, but those particular years, there's a lot of just seem like just psyop after psyop, just trying to get us all to fight with each other. One thing was when there was rallies, there was a giant march of uh african-american black with guns and some reaction to it i was like good more more if you're if you're a second amendment person you should be wanting black people to show up with guns and and have them join your movement to uh push back against them trying to take the second amendment and for me and i'd love to hear your opinion i think most gun owners are like that regardless of your color I think right. there are people who are anti, oh, you know, all oh, the hood, they got guns, blah, blah, blah. I think most people are like, no, more guns, the better. That's my humble opinion. Everybody, if you're a gun owner, you want more people to have guns because generally, like, it's no mass shootings by, like, Second Amendment organization members, so-called <laughs> mass shootings, right? I want the person that's trained at, that, you know, carries that can stop that weirdo that's going to be at the grocery store in Colorado. I want that person trained there. I want that person, you know, to have a firearm. I want, you know, I talk to my, my gay homies all the time. I'm like, listen, bro, that some of them, are, you know, I have a lot of friends that are anti-gun. And it's like, listen, bro, there's people that don't understand freedom and they want to kill you because you're gay. If you was at that Pulse nightclub that night, I would have wanted you to have the means to defend your life from that dude. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so well, generally most gun owners are that way. What we have a problem with is most gun owners, at least openly, are on the right. The messaging, especially in like the black conservative arena, the people that are more popularized are repul- they repulse the black community because they 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 not from it they don't they don't feel like it they don't you know what I'm saying it's like it's like if you're a working class dude right there's I watch The Office a lot right and there's an episode where um, Andy is going out for sales with uh, Michael Scott's character and he's like bragging about all, how great of a salesman Michael Scott is to a guy that's just a hardworking dude that wants paper for his company. That type of repulsion, because you don't understand the demographic, is what a lot of black conservatives or conservatives in general, more more of what's presented as the popular, um, it makes it a little bit difficult to get people on board outside of just guns from urban America because they go like, this is the guy, like dudes like Brandon Tatum and people like that, they're fucking clowns. So because of that, they make it more difficult for the demographic to get involved politically, because this fight isn't just about guns, right? We have to preserve it. We're, we're in a deficit in, in regards to um, our rights as Americans with the Second Amendment. You know what I mean? The fact that the Biden administration just put up a bill that fortunately got knocked down unanimously by the Supreme Court saying things like we want to unanimously come into your house with no warrant. Right. So that ties into red flag laws. That ties into this. That ties into gun ownership. So it's not just about gun ownership. So we got to get people to vote in different directions for people that are pro-liberty, pro-freedom, so forth and so on. But sometimes people that have been um, in, from urban America are repulsed by the people that are highlighted as so-called conservative or libertarian or independent voices or just pretty much left of center. 
because they don't feel like them. That's where we've been effective with Black Guns Matter. People know, you know, they know where I'm from. If you're from Philly, you know exactly what I've, I've, I've been about at certain points in my life. You know what I'm saying? And um, they know I'm not going to get in a different in different room and treat people differently. I'm not going to act funny in that new room. Um, but a lot of times that's that's not been what's happening in regards to the conservative or independent or right leaning movement as it goes with those other things, which makes the job a little bit more difficult. Again, we see the uptick. I, I said this was going to happen and what we were going to do four or five years ago. We were going to make black people the largest gun buying demographic. As of last year in March, that happened. But now, right in last, you know, January, Biden was, you know, elected. So we still have a lot to do with the messaging in regards to getting people a little bit left of center to vote in alignment with the, you know, the firearms that they just purchased. I mean, it's, 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 it's good work and it's hard work, but it's, but it's honest work and we up to the task. And I think that if we have more people that can communicate genuinely, you, you're not, um, you're not, you don't have me not have a hundred million dollars to buy all of these guns and all that other stuff. But if we can have people from that same demographic work with and speak to those people with no judgment, again, the, the planet fitness of the gun community, if we can have people coming in as they are and not feeling um, stupid or feeling like, Yo, did I walk into a Klan rally or just engaging with people that that they they can that are open to understand a different culture? Urban culture is a subculture that we have to respect. You know, it, it generates a lot of money and resources, and as we see, it can influence elections. So, the messaging is the area where you know people that identify as right of center have general, generally had a problem, and we've kind of like helped smooth that out a little bit. So that's another kind of thing that I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud of as well. Hey, everybody, do you love being American? Do you love American boners, American ladies, or American guys, whatever you're into? Well, if you're into American boners with American action, then I want to tell you about our good friends at Blue Chew. That's right, Blue Chew. Everybody on this show rocks Blue Chew, okay? Because we're patriots, we love freedom, and we love ass. Doesn't matter what kind of ass, it's not your business, all right? Listen, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as vitamins. Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in a chewable dude. It's a chewable form and it's a fraction of the cost. Okay. Bluetooth tablets help men achieve harder, stronger, more patriotic erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Fuck them. Fuck that noise. Not today. Not never. Demon boner problems. Okay. Bluetooth <laughs> is an online prescription service. So no visits to doctors. Everybody's peering at you. You got to tell them that, hey, man, I'm having a problem getting up. Not anymore, dude. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Unless you're like me, I, I want fireworks, bright colors, American flags. Okay. That's what I'm all about. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you approved, you'll receive your prescription with within days, man. And the best part, it's all done online. Holla at your boy, okay? Blue chew, blue chew, blue chew. I love this very much. 
I love Blue Chew. Do you love Blue Chew? Of course I love Blue Chew. Do you love Blue Chew? Most certainly. Oh, dude. Johnny's fucking imaginary girlfriend can't stop getting that Blue Chew action. Okay? Someday we'll meet her. Someday when we do, I'm bringing a bag of Blue Chew to watch watch Johnny go to Pound Town. Johnny! Johnny! That's what we're going to do. Yellow with his Blue Chew. At dinner. Johnny! Johnny! We're going to be at the Brazilian steak restaurant. (laughs) Johnny's just fucking Mayor of Pound Town. (laughs) Everyone's just giving him unlimited breadsticks okay yeah, that, yeah that's totally consistent with what you know about me that'll happen that's for sure gonna guys happen. shut up johnny i gotta talk right now and we got a special deal for our listeners that's right try blue chew free when you use the promo code tinfoil at checkout just just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code tinfoil to receive your free month free okay your first month free that's right just use tinfoil to receive your first month free and we thank blue chew for sponsoring the podcast so at what point did you come to this ah moment that you that you're really uh pushing right now where you realized that you know maybe things aren't what you're told and you know for me it's like you know i my whole theory is that anything labeled culture there is probably an invisible hand involved with it to push people to a certain direction you know i'm seeing right now like i'm not going to say names right now but i'm seeing billboards for netflix and there these people are and they're asian comedians and they're yeah. talking about you know all you know hey it doesn't matter what et- ethnic group you are you could be funny i know these people yeah they ain't been through anything from the moment they came up they were they were pushed to the front but what i see and like and and, and you're gonna see margaret Cho on one i'm not talking about her she's the queen she's wonderful i would never disrespect her i'm talking about a couple of these other people i see i've known these people from the start they ain't been through yeah. anything but you yeah. know what we're having here and i'd love to hear your thoughts on it we have psyops from very very powerful people being being pushed and opportunists taking advantage of those moments to make money and influence. And what are your thoughts on on that whole thing? Because I want to get into black culture, and I know I'm white or I'm Armenian, and we got Mexican and a really white motherfucker over there. So I don't know if, if this Thank is you. a conversation to have, but I, I you know, you know, because I see one of the notes is like the manipulation of the black community and what that involves, and I couldn't agree more. The, the the psyop has been we black people in America are the victims of and I, I use that term loosely because at a certain point the information's out there you're not a you're not a victim anymore you're a willing participant so I'm I'm, I'm using that term very loosely but bl- the black community has been the the target of the longest running psychological operation in American history. From every area of human activity, you know, you go in the black, I, I give you this, you go in the black community, you see every other ethnic group selling things, right? I mean, stores, I mean, we sell shit too, but I mean, like generally like the businesses, you don't see black businesses in Chinatown. You don't. Um, and that's not a knock to any other ethnic group. There is a targeted reason for that. You know, they gave money for people that came from other countries if they wanted to open a business in these black communities, they gave them startup money to start businesses in the black community. They called them like opportunity zones and shit like that. But yet and still the same people from that community cannot get a, a you know, a, a little bit of assistance to start a business. You know, they'll give you, they'll give you money to go to college, 
for your liberal arts degree, but they won't give you the money to go to start a business in your own community. Saying this to say, when you say that and when you're looking at the writing on the wall, we're talking about like not not like feeling like we're not talking about like, hey, I think this is happening. You can look at it and see it. Redlining in and of itself was structured racism to keep black people in certain spaces. This isn't me like making this up. So saying all of that to say when you have those scenarios and you can look at them and, you know, count them out. Then you have certain people say, well, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Then when that community says, okay, we're going to spend the money within the same communities that we live in. This doesn't mean that we're going to be like, hey, Whitey, you can't be in here. I don't even mean that. It just means the money will circulate in that community. Then those communities get burned down. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Uh so forth and so on. You know what I mean? So it's like a pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Okay, I'm going to spend money in the black community. That's racist. It's, It's a weird... Again, the PSYOP situation, black people have been the longest running part of that. We're talking about all of the areas of human activity, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, war, all of that shit. We have been at the center of the scope. The fucked up thing for like white America, and I'm skipping the gradations of different ethnicities between black and white or black and white, whichever way you want to do that on the yin and yang thing, to showcase an example. We're the test market. For the bullshit. It's just what it is. The diet, the the all of that shit. Then if it's effective, they roll it out on white people. You know, <laughs> we we had the crack epidemic, you know, late 70s, early 80s, fucking 9-11 dead outside. You guys got the fucking opioid crisis right now. Yep. Like, so the power that wants to stay in power and manage the population and things of that nature... They're very, very good. You know, my grandmother used to say, respect the devil, because that energy is ancient. The the game. That's a great saying. Is flawless. You can beat it, you know, with a little bit of knowledge. But absolutely, we are the target of those things. And we are the longest. And it's not like the, you know, fucking pain Olympics, but like a lot of my Jewish homies, you know, their, their elders and stuff went through the Holocaust and that shit was tremendous. But imagine for a second the MAFA, which is the transatlantic slave trade to black folk, to America. And there were black people here first too, because I got to acknowledge that. However, so you go from the MAFA, millions of black people dying. Then you go into chattel slavery. Then you deal with sharecropping, Jim Crow, civil rights era, all of that shit up until the prison, the pipeline, you know, pipeline to prison situation to the education system to all of that shit targeting black America now called urban America. So my point in saying that is these are areas and data that we can look at to showcase that it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not theory. It's factual. You know, the, the, the difficulty is getting all of the other groups of Americans that are not super rich, right? To recognize that you're being lied to too. So when I say, even though our organization is called Black Guns Matter, white dudes, like, it's like fucked up for y'all right now. Like, y'all can't say shit. Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a weird, you know, like, it's y'all turn. And it's like, you you know that that James Franco meme is like, first time? It's the same concept. And it's like, White dudes are shot by the sta- agents of the state more than anybody else. But media in there, again, another psyop, they highlight the black instances to scare us into victimhood. 
They don't highlight the fact that white males are murdered by agents of the state by more than anybody else because you guys wouldn't, you know, those guys wouldn't back the blue the same way. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's amazing when you step back from the elephant and look at the enormousness of the elephant and sharing that with people in a way that they can understand it um, is one of the things that we've been able to do. That's that's my job as a point guard and a translator. Point guards see the whole floor and can dish the rock to people and show them things that they may not be able to see on the floor because their back's to the board. My center's back to the board. My shooting guard doesn't see his defender cutting, so forth and so on. That's my job, you know, and it's absolutely a sign. Anybody that would say that it's not, kind of isn't either probably isn't from the hood or white dudes from the hood recognize that you know what i mean they reckon they like what are you kidding hell no we get treated differently in urban america you know so the people that don't recognize that haven't really and, and i'm not saying for like nefarious reason why they wouldn't agree with it um but they don't they don't understand it so because they don't understand it, it, it it's like foreign to their concept either that person's that way or they you know they in a heavy serious case of denial because those things are hard to look at. We love where we live. We love the nation that when I travel to other places, it's like, nah, I'm going to re-up on America every year. Like, if I had to, like, take a, like a, a fucking survey, yeah, I'm going to re-up on America. You know, we got, like, Wi-Fi everywhere and shit. You know what I mean? And so the people that don't travel, that don't recognize, that aren't from the cloth can't really recognize that. We, we love where we live, but our, our nation has serious stains on our flag. You know what I mean? And and the quickest way to healing is to acknowledge that. So we can't continue to be infiltrated and polarized because that's literally what's been happening over the last how many years? Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, We're definitely living in a a very, I think we're entering an age of enlightenment where more and more and more people are seeing the psyops that are being done on all of us and coming together. You know, I don't know if the term is black conservative or what's a, what's a better term, but I see a pushback to traditional political values in terms of like, I'm only going to go to, you know, uh, if I'm, you know, you hear Chelsea Handler, you're black, you have to vote Democrat. And like how ridiculous that whole thing is. Cause for me, Equality is the uh, the equal opportunity to do whatever you want. It's right. not like oh, equal opportunity to rise up to, to to do the exact same thing you were doing before. But the choice of being conservative, being liberal, the you know the, the terms for conservative blacks that we've heard over the years to almost punish them. You, you see people like Kanye, who's like kind of like taking a yeah. step back and talking about what you guys, what you're talking about right here, and. All these, all the, and I call them shepherd dogs, these guys coming out, you know, Jay-Z, Snoop Dogg, and just pounding this guy to get him back into the herd, in my humble opinion. And I think people are starting to see that. Whatever Candace Owen is, and I have no problems with her, I question anybody that gets that big, like... If there's an invisible hand behind it, but ultimately I love what she's trying to do, which is start a conversation, you know, and is she right on everything? No, she's a human being. Everybody, everybody, you know, everybody has their own opinion and sometimes you're not going to agree with everything all the time, but I like what she's doing, but the pushback on it is unbelievable and not learning of history either. That's the biggest thing that nobody knows history. And where you come from and right. all that stuff. And with the black community, there has done been, 
I mean, it's done to everybody, but it has been concentrated on the black community to not know their history. Like, you know, when you talk black culture, right? I mean, what? I, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Maybe I'll ask you. You're Latino, dude. What is black culture to you? What is from a, a from a step back? What is black culture? How much of it is hip hop? Yeah. How much of it is like you know, like uh, twerking, hot black chicks twerking and all that shit? But to me, it's like, yeah. well, where is that? It's like you tell me that was 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Because I can't you, find any of that. Because you, even you even, know what black culture is. Uh, and I had this conversation on Candace's show. They've tricked us into some things that are not black culture because they've been blasted as black culture. Young people kind of like are entertained by these tricks for a while, but then they grow back into reality of what black culture is. Black culture is the Cosby show. Black culture is maybe not as much money in every black household. Black culture is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, some people in the family are quirky. Some people, you know, are are more aggressive. Some are kind of nerdy. But all of those things are there. There's there's traditional... There's a reason why, like, all of the Black people that watched the original Black Panther movie were like, hell yeah. Wakanda was conservative. They They didn't... Yeah. They didn't take... They were libertarian and conservative. They didn't take outside help. They worked on their own stuff. <laughs> they just kind of were like, yo, we're just going to do our thing and be accountable for ourselves. Pete, when I use that as the example to show people like, yo, bro, that's black culture. That didn't mean that Wakanda was like, yo, fuck everybody else. You white, you Asian. You, It wasn't yes. that. It was just like, yo, we got to like do for self. Like the honorable Marcus Garvey said, this is not to the exclusion of other people. But when you, you're, you, you have a demographic that has been targeted like, and that's the quicker we just acknowledge that, yo, can we at least say that black people in America have had a unique experience, right? When, when we acknowledge that and go, okay, this group of people has been targeted, instead of just going, well, I was Irish, our people were slaves too. No, your folks were indentured servants, and chattel slavery is a whole lot fucking different, right? With that being the case, and that's not to dis, dis like, dis, like, this anybody's rumbles in history. But at the same time, bro, entire legal systems were created and, and economies were created off of enslaving of a particular type of person. Like, come on, bro. Like, we got to acknowledge both. Like, we did some dirt. With that being the case, and acknowledging that, and then saying this group of people, the a part of that target is to make pe- make those same group of people now feel as if they didn't compliment American history and or that your culture is something that it isn't. You know, having fun, that's everybody's culture. Hip-hop is pop culture. Black is Hip-hop culture was created by black people. Like, everybody knows that. Eminem will fucking tell you that, right? <laughs> that doesn't mean that, like, white people can't experience it, love it, support it. We're not like, hey, man, what's your melanin content for you to rap? Like, that's not how it's going, but just acknowledge it, and then it becomes pop culture. Jazz did not exist before black Americans made it. Hip hop, same thing, did not exist before black Americans made it. And I'm using pop culture references, but these things come from creation. These things come from um, family, tribes, you know, all of that type of stuff. 
And so those things in alignment with conservative and liberty values, you're not going to get one black person. You're hard pressed to get a black person from urban America to be like, yeah, I want the government to take more of my money. Yeah, I want the government to be more involved. And yes, I'd also like my communities to be policed more. No, that those those. No, I just want to be left alone. I want to smoke my weed in peace. And I don't want the cops to roll up my block when I'm on my porch smoking my weed in peace. Those are conservative values. That's Wakanda. That's, yo, we're going to do our thing over here and just handle our shit, you know? And so that is black culture. We have been another psyop. We've been manipulated. When hip-hop music was extremely powerful, you had all different flourishing types. You had the guys talking about knowledge itself. You had reality rap. That's what it was called at that time, not gangster rap. That's the commercialized version of it. You had guys like N.W.A. who coined who coined the phrase reality rap because that was their reality in South Central Los Angeles in Compton. You know, you had the guys that were the getting the ladies, LL Cool J. You had the the, the knowledge bringers, the the, the X Clan. You had all of these different types, the the funny guys, the Will Smiths, the Fresh Prince of the Fresh Princes. It was a flourishing ecosystem of expression. Then it became corporatized and hijacked and co-opted. And then it was all of the music is about party. All of the music is about debauchery. And they said that telling, um, pushing this crime narrative that helped those same people that bought into this music and ran record labels. They also had investments in pr- private prisons. Yeah. So that psychological operation was let's use the music as the commercial for violence We'll do the population control thing. We'll break the family up and make it look cool. Think about this. They convinced people at a certain point to literally take a bunch of money and throw it in the air and waste it. (laughs) If that's not a psychological operation, I don't know what one is. They at the same time convinced young black men around the same time that Joe Biden was writing up those crime bills to expand that prison system. They convinced young black men to be Manchurian candidates. They convinced these men that repetitive mind control of repeating, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill what looks like me. That spiked the violence rate. Then they dropped the crack off and dropped the guns off. It is such a beautiful, ugly, I call it a beautiful ugly because the precision of it, you got to respect it. When you're on a chessboard, when somebody makes a good move, you don't knock over the chessboard. You go, God damn, that was a good move, right? But it's ugly, the outcome and what their intent was. And that's what it was. So they've convinced us that black culture is degradation to the black community. Can you imagine if I made a song? I mean, I listen to, I listen to all of that shit, but I have a filtration system. I usually listen to it in the gym, but I also listen to classical. In the car right now, I'm going through. Rachmaninoff. I think he's dope, right? With that being the case, can you imagine, and you know, we hear it in the music, I'm a killer motherfucker, I'm a kid, and it's black dudes talking about killing black folks. Can you imagine, and me even saying this, may get this episode blocked, can you imagine if I was like, when I see the Jews, I'm gonna shoot them, when I see the Jews, I'm gonna shoot can you imagine if a white Jew, if Little Dinky made that song? It would be Yep. 10 minutes. Yep. 10 minutes. Yep. 
So the corporate entities are in alignment with the destruction of the black community. 100%, dude. 100%. And I think people need to understand that, dude. And there's going to be some people going, well, what about white people? And I do believe there is. See, my whole, whole thing is this. is like you have to recognize that the black community has been the fucking has received the blunt force of PSYOP after PSYOP after PSYOP. And they've been used to fund the the military-industrial complex, the prison-industrial complex, all that stuff. I also think that there needs to be an understanding that not all white people are on the same level. That, you know, from my hometown... You know, my mother used to come home going, kids, the white kids, and they're all white. They came with dirty clothes, drug addicted parents, if they even have parents, no money for this and no money for, for that, uh, for food or anything, and zero chance at life. Zero right. chance. And some of them get really discouraged because, you know, there's everybody. It's so interesting. So, you know, BuzzFeed and Vice right now, they're, they're just rich kids trying to convince everybody that poor white kids are the fucking problem. And, and for me, it's like it's it's color but it's also economic levels right like you know it's the real rich pounding on the real poor and making the middle class think the poor is the big problem and i think people need to understand is like yeah you do have suffering but you cannot change anything until you realize that they're suffering over here and that if you really had a conversation i must say this you know if you said that i said this before if you sat down a gangbanger and a white supremacist, right? And you sat them down in a room and you go, why, why do you do what you want? And they got real honest with you is because they would say like, I had no hope and these people took me in and they made me feel wanted and they finally had a family that gave a fuck about me. And that, and that's on both sides. And you can demonize white supremacists because it's real easy to do that. And I get it. I do the same, you know, white, I don't like anybody who's supremacist. That's white supremacist or a Zionist. I don't like either of them. Anybody who thinks they're more superior than anybody else is falling for a psyop, man. But if you really looked at them, you're like, why are you doing this white supremacist guy well because i i was born to a world of shit and yeah. nobody gave a fuck about me and somebody brought me in and they said they would care if i fucking just play ball and, and i finally was part of a family and it's just the truth right. it, it's so easy to hate those people in high school in high school there was two schools there was the white school that had the white boys the mexicans and the blacks yes yeah. guess, guess who fought there the blacks and the mexicans would team up against the whites at this other school where there was no whites, guess who fought? The blacks and the Mexicans. Yeah. Because there's no one to pick at. So yeah. it's just depending on who was there. Yeah. You would just notice what a coincidence when there's white people, it's against the whites. And when they're and not they're there. And they're all on the same economic yeah. level. All and of it's them. unbelievable to me. That's like when you hear people say like black on black crime. I'm like, well, when is the term white on white crime going to be a thing? Because white dudes close to white dudes fight white dudes. All the time. All the time. So like all the fucking time. So when it's like. You know this black on black. It's crime, bro. Crime is proximity. That's part of the psyop. Make this one seem like it's the thing when other people do the same exact thing. It's it's amazing when you actually. Uh, you, y'all ever see this movie called Little Buddha with uh, Keanu Reeves as uh, Buddha? Johnny, have you seen this? Johnny's our movie buff. I've not, but no. I do want to see it now that Keanu Reeves. I mean, it's John Wick. So look, it gets it gets, it gets no Siddhartha, and in, in, in a story of um, like Buddhism, Siddhartha, who's the uh, the prince, he's a prince of a king. 
he wants to end suffering. And suffering. in that movie, um, he had to go through all of these different phases of going from being really rich and seeing like what suffering was because his father wanted to protect him and to then denying himself everything because he wanted to be like, this is how I'll find a path to enlightenment to end suffering. Then he found the middle path in the middle of that. Saying all of that to say, it's a moment of enlightenment when you go, oh shit, it's the state doing all of this to all of us while keeping all of us fighting each other. The problem with that is when you're just in one of those rooms, you see the brunt force of what the unseen hand is showing you as coming down on you. So you go media. And if you watch CNN, media says it's white males. And then you had a bad run in with a cop that happened to be a white male. Now it confirms CNN's reporting. So you're like, yo, it is. It is. And then if you're black in America, you recognize the history that's there. So you're like, oh, absolutely. Villains are good at not being seen. So then they run that same play. They run that same play to like the poor white dudes. It's really Bacon's Rebellion. It's the same thing. Telling the poor whites, look, we'll give you a little bit more. The problem is really the blacks. You, you're white. So like, even though you're poor white, you're, you're a little more well off yeah. than those whites. So those yeah. blacks. So go, go fight those guys. That was the state that did that. That was the governor of Virginia doing that. You know what I'm saying? And so when you step back and go through all of those rooms, you're like enlightened, like Siddhartha going into that moment of seeing the illusion for what it is, <laughs> but translating that to the people that are still in each individual box, that guy, that fucking American history X guy, right? That's like, yeah. And he's been taking that family. That's like, yo man, it's rough out here for the white man because there's been a psyop to make the white man look like he's that dude that works a 50 hour a week job. I promise you is not getting like, he doesn't come out the womb as white with like a 755 score. I promise you that's not what the fuck is happening. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, now, in certain circumstances, is there an educational component to give certain areas a different education that he gets to that 750 credit score? And if a, in, a, in an urban demographic, now nah, I don't teach them nothing about economics. That exists, and that part is systemic. But it, that part is, if you happen to be the white kid in that urban demographic, caught up in that same curriculum, you're going to get hit with that same thing. So sharing that understanding to the people that are still in that box that the PSYOP is still, you know, actively feeding, getting people to see that without making them feel like you're trying to get them to say that their struggle is not real is the trick. And the way to to do that, again, we go back to messaging. The area with, you know, like Candace Owens, I, I, I like Candace on a lot of issues. Her messaging and how she reaches the black community is all the way wrong. It doesn't work. If it worked, if the thing was called Blexit, Joe Biden wouldn't have been able to cheat. He wouldn't have won because more black people would have went that way. Black people, were, especially black males, were matriculating to Trump because he just was like, I don't give a fuck. Trump, let let me say this. Trump ran for president as a black dude. (laughs) Yes. It was... Nobody likes you. Nobody really helped. I got to do this shit on my own. He had a bunch of beautiful baby moms. Like, <laughs> dude, he had to put up his own bread. 
And once he won, then everybody liked him until television told everybody to not like him. That is the struggle of black men in America at a certain point in their life. Saying that to say, black males were matriculating towards Trump because of his brash, fuck this, I'm doing that. And dudes that was doing anything entrepreneurial, whether it was crypto, whether it was investing, whether it was entrepreneurialism, whatever, they saw an earmarked difference in their money with Trump being in office. You saw it. Within the last six months, you've seen some of that dip in all of your investments. Yep. And the oil, the gasoline price alone. So black dudes was like, yo, I fuck with this dude. I don't know those other people. And they fuck them. I don't like them. I like that this dude talk shit. That alone, the messaging connected. A lot of conservatives, they use rhetoric that does not work with black people. And because they're propped up by this, you know, like you said, sometimes when people get really big, really fast, I got to question it. When certain people that have bad messaging are highlighted, right? And I'm not attacking Candace or anybody. I'm just stating my view. There's a reason why they're highlighted because they're not talking about Yo, do for self Wakanda. They're just yelling at people saying, you're stupid, you're on a democratic plantation, you can't do anything. You don't get anybody to come over to your side by telling them how retarded they are. Yes. When I'm talking to an anti-gun person, I don't even talk about guns. I don't even, I don't, in, in no way, shape, or form is the discussion about how they're wrong. I go to, what is the trauma that made this person so afraid of firearms? Well, you know, my brother shot himself. Damn. So let's deal help deal with that trauma. I'm not going to tell them that they're stupid. Like, that's like women with their little shoulders walk around with no gun, with a bunch of weirdo, very strong upper body strength men around. And you're out there with a wing and a prayer. So I wouldn't call that woman silly for those facts of the matter. I would say, again, like with my gay friends, I'll say, yo, bros, there's people that you know that don't like your sexual choices. They don't understand freedom like you and I do. They may be a a religious zealot. They may be whatever they are. I don't want that person to run across your path. He's the weirdo rapist. And you do not have the means to defend your life from the weirdo. If you don't want a firearm, I understand that. But because I care for you and I'm empathetic to your life, I would at least want you to have a flashlight or maybe some pepper spray. Can we start there? That gets people to understand that you care about them and you're not attacking them. And so, again, going back to the conversation about messaging, these are the areas that we have to get better when we're translating this concept of freedom. We didn't come into enlightenment of our ideology overnight. We came through it through these painstaking processes of going through all of these different boxes, these different religions, these different thought patterns, these different um, praxis, you know. So all of these things, we have to remember that and then translate that from a loving place. We are all, and I'm isolating it to America for this conversation, we are all Americans. Generally, we all want the same shit. We want to have, you know, warm food, clothes, and a shelter. We want our families and friends and loved ones to be taken care of, you know. You, you want, if you're a dude, you want hot chicks. If you're a gay dude, you want hot dudes. It's all the same. We have to make sure that the people that have reached a certain level of more enlightened thought 
are remembering that and not letting the thing that is we use as the tool for liberation turn into a, a tool for our own enslavement because it separates us from our brothers and sisters that haven't had the same level of spiritual or political or financial or, polit- or, or social study as we have. And that's that's how all of this wraps into Black Guns Matter. We do we have all of these types of conversations at all of our classes while teaching about it's really about life, but it's also now that you have a better understanding of life let, and you've built up equity in your life and you valued it. Now let's talk about you having the means to protect your to protect your life. Your, your, your property values have increased. I want the security to defend the property values. And that's that's kind of like all of the stuff that we do. I want a roundabout way of explaining that. But I think that messaging is, is, is important. And if we approach it that way, because that's how we've been successful at Black Guns Matter. Uh, I, I love everything you're saying. I think it's very, very important how you approach people. And I wonder if some people are purposely pushed forward to, to cause chaos between the groups and blood force trauma. Uh, Cardi B and Candace Owen. That's the dumbest thing I ever saw. One of them's calling another idiot and the other one's an uncle Tom. Yeah. All day. I went there for the comments and I think now that he mentions it, it's the worst. That's a message you're not going to get around. Either you like her, you don't like her, you're going to stand your ground even harder. But from what I've been told about Cardi B, she's super smart, but she's playing a character. And that to me is very sinister, man. Like how she's putting it off is like, and you, you know, this is not, this is with like women in general. That's another demographic that's had a war done against them psychologically. Look at what the Kardashians did, man. You know, I mean, look at like oh, like teenage and pregnant on MTV. Like oh, those are play. done purposefully to get poor people to make poor decisions, yeah. man. Make you think you can make go on TV if you get pregnant. How how many girls do you think didn't say like all I got to do is get pregnant and, and that might be famous video. and it yeah. doesn't work out? Now you just flamethrowed your entire life because you made everybody see what an idiot you are. Done purposefully, and these are giant train wrecks that are like the Kardashians have so much money to clean up any mess they make but the people that watch their show have none of that cash and they're stuck with the problems that they've created based on these awful decisions they've made man and you know i want to get into like marxism right now and this push of marxism and what guns do to that i mean we've seen this push like i see it all the time i see uh ethnic minorities gays and women pushing for marxism and communism uh and they're like pure communism like dude there's no such thing as pure anything when it comes to money and power and smart people manipulating poor people and that's capitalism as well we're in a crony capitalist society right now what capitalism was and what it is now are two totally different fucking things man but i can tell you I can tell you that the people that are pushing to take away your guns live behind gated communities, have bodyguards, and uh, are just never going to have to deal with any of the problems that come with disarming uh, a community and a country. What are your thoughts on the uh, the lack of, of just education on history when it comes to communism, Marxism, and, and uh, de-arming populations? The the opposition to freedom, freedom and liberty, my, my, my position is they're very smart. They make people, they, they remove civics from schools. So that's one. That was a smart move. The Department of Education was created to make people workers, not thinkers. 
So they create this during the industrial age. So, okay, cool. We get them to be worker bees. Now, at that point, trades matter. They still matter now. But now we want to influence people a different way, remove trade schools, remove home economics, remove carpentry, remove um, just civics, all of that stuff. Now, people don't understand, and they don't even know that they're in crony capitalism. They go, capitalism is bad because people are struggling. That's it. They go, they have no idea what like genuine free market capitalism is. They don't know. Free market capitalists, get it how you live. You're responsible. You sell some bad shit. You are responsible. People, the market is going to respond, and that's it. Overregulated, propped up, crony shit being packaged as capitalism is bad. So people go, especially young people that have been through an education system that doesn't tell them about Marxism, socialism, communism. They're looking for something different. They're looking for something different because they've been told that this is capitalism and it's cronyism, and they see where the flaws are. So then they go, well, we're looking for something different. Then they start studying that. Then it works for a little bit until it doesn't. Then it falls to shit. Then 40 years go by, and no one for that 40 years is told communism, capitalism, socialism, free markets, so forth and so on. They've been just shoved cronyism, cronyism, consumerism, cronyism, consumerism. Capitalism is bad without knowing the actual definition of capitalism. Let's try socialism this time. They try it for a little bit. The people at the top get the money and they're people that they work with. Right. That 1%. Everybody else is Venezuela fighting for dogs in the street. Venezuela takes the guns. The people are getting rolled over by tanks. This is the repetitive cycle of this shit. Never to, never to deal with the fact that Marx was fucking horrible with money. He had, like, horrible with it. So, of course, you don't want free market capitalism because you suck at this. You don't make anything. He had, like, people propping him up. So, but again, how many people in high school know about that? So, again, it's a beautiful, ugly. The way that they do it is amazing. When you're informed and you step back and you go, wow, you motherfuckers really thought about every angle. And they keep very good records. So if I'm the if I'm I don't know the families that run the Federal Reserve Bank and I just want that money to stay within my cartel I just keep good records and tell people how to you know keep the cycle going and then you feed them something and people bite for it and they really think that socialism and I understand why you think socialism is going to work because this thing that you think is that is capitalism is cronyism isn't working out the things that are uh, like undeniable to you. Wait, so you're just going to give me an Obama phone, but I got to vote this way. I got to do that. You see intrinsically that something's wrong with that because it only keeps you in a certain hamster wheel. So you know that something's wrong with that part and you associate that with capitalism when it's not. You don't know about entrepreneurialism. Then you get into entrepreneurialism and people are telling you, yeah, you got to pay your fair share. Fair share to what? For, for what? Like what's the fair share? Then you get attacked for being rich or working yourself out. of. Then you get ostracized because those people don't know about free market capitalism. They don't know about the banking cartel just creating the IRS as their fucking collection agency to take the money that they didn't work for. So they don't know that hustle. So they're looking for something else. So I get why they gravitate towards it. The system is beautiful. 
the way that it is designed works for the people that have it intended to work this way. And because the people have been dumbed down through their diet, they've been weakened. Men have been lowering their testosterone, not working out, not jogging, not nobody's gotten punched in the fucking face in a real like fight and then shake hands and move on. Right. That's so what now, Sam's always saying. Yeah. You're, you're soft. Yeah. So the thing that would be there to fight against the bullshit is like just studying liberal arts in fucking college, being like a beta male just to like get girls. It is beautiful how they set it up. It is amazing. So I completely understand. I disagree with it because I know enough, but I completely understand why they gravitate towards it. And again, back to messaging. How many people from the demographic, from the urban demographic, can break shit down that simply, that whole system? So this person, it's like in the, in, in the beginning of the movie, The Matrix, when he was like, when uh, Trinity was like, you have this, uh, I think it was Morpheus that was like, you know something, it's like a splinter in your mind. You know something's wrong, you just kind of can't put your finger on it. Those people are just looking for something else and how it's presented, sometimes by the powers that be, to send the ops to tell those people, yeah, man, you just, just come do this fascism thing. Just, hey, just come with us. Here's a pile of bricks. Throw them at the windows in your own fucking community because of what? And we'll pay you to do that. Yeah. These, it's, it's, it's nefarious. It's nefarious. I'm curious. Uh, I, I came from a place that is about half white and about half black people. And the black people there, the Democratic Party took them for granted for, you know, the entire time I lived there and even now. And no matter how bad it got, all the all the companies left the county. I mean, it, it, the highest poverty rate in the state of North Carolina. The black people in that county would always vote for the Democrats. No, literally, no matter how bad it got. And I, I'm curious, does that go back to the Civil Rights Act? Is that what we're, is that why they have that loyalty? Because I always thought if you people have come to identify with the party, not with the beliefs of the party, you know what the party stands for, the policies. Because I think most, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but most people. Would are more inclined to identify as like libertarian in this country, you know, with at yeah. least some tenets of it. What? Why is it that uh, black people generally are so loyal to the Democratic Party? Is it because of the Civil Rights Act? Do you think? Because the Democrats have better PR. That's the it. The Democrats huh? are there. The Republicans don't show up. The libertarians, they're like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Libertarian is the third largest party, but. It only showed up around 72. And I believe that there's been people put in leadership positions in the Libertarian National Party to de- to definitely de- derail it. And yes, dude, 100%, dude. At the top of every party, they position people to just lead the party in the wrong direction. And we've seen it through. I mean, Dave Smith is always talking about what like like the the Twitter account of the Libertarian? They say the dumbest shit. And Dave's like, "Who's running this Twitter account?" Because yeah. they don't want them to get small. But we have to realize we need to stop asking for parties to save us. Right. We have to do it, man. We have to somehow create a movement where everybody's an individual, and you owe no party nothing, and you right. you take care of your community and the people on your fucking economic. What level. if they got rid of parties and people just had to run for office and had to actually explain what they believe? You know, like I mean, like like George Washington and the boys were like, "Hey guys, 
don't fucking do parties. Yeah. Like, don't do it. Like, hey, don't, don't. As soon as George Washington died, it was like fucking party time. Huh. Like, again, in history, literally main man and George Washington with his contradictions, because I want to be clear, main man was like, yo, bro, the party system is going to fuck this whole thing up. Because it creates loyalty to the to the gang, not loyalty to the principal, not loyal to, loyalty to the con. And, and I want to say loyalty to the Constitution, but those concepts, those concepts of freedom and liberty. It's just about no, my gang's better than your gang. It's all these politicians say, oh, those gang bangers over there. But it's like you motherfuckers are in a gang. You're in a gang. <laughs> yes. You literally are repping red and blue. Like what? <laughs> You can't make this shit up. And so the reason why the black community is there is because the de- Democrat gang has better PR and the people in positions of power at even at the Libertarian Party. Right. So I had to check Sarwark, who was the head of the Libertarian, um, you know, uh, party last go round. You know, he pretended like he wanted to help and then did shit, told people like the Philadelphia Daily News when I was running for city council in Philly. He just he just went left. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Got no support. They actually, because I was aggressive, I told a donor that disrespected me. I told him to eat a dick. And they were like, well, <laughs> we don't treat donors that way. Well, if we kiss an ass for donors, I should have fucking ran as a Democrat for yeah. all that. Yeah. You know, at what point? When are we going to be principled about liberty? Libertarian? So my point in saying that is there, there, there had to be things presented to try to remove me from that. And I took a step back. You know, first of all, huge shouts to Mike Heist and the Mises Caucus for in the Libertarian Party for being very, very principled and sticking to it and fighting against it and showing people that the Libertarian Party isn't actually or Libertarians aren't actually what some of the leadership goofballs are, right? And so every time I explain libertarianism to people in the hood, they're like, yeah, that, that, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? But the Libertarian Party had those goofballs in positions of leadership as well as they're young and they they didn't know how to, you know, get to urban America. The first mistake that they made was... You know, big boy from out the group outcast has been a libertarian for over 20 years, for over 20 years. Nobody did outreach to, you know, reach out to big boy, which is a huge flaw. He's in fucking outcast, like one of the biggest hip hop groups of all time. Um, And I get it, too, because they didn't have people like me around that could translate it in a manner because they didn't they didn't understand urban culture, which is a subculture. So I get it. Um, And but the, the Republicans just were like. And that's the problem with freedom people. Freedom people want to be left alone. But that only works when the people that the other so-called side will leave you alone. Those leftist policies were galvanized and centralizing in urban America where the votes were. Right. But if the Republicans were just weren't there or they had their biases and bullshit with them, too, because that's also a part of it. Then it, it gave the Democrats time to just run amok in urban America. Lyndon B. Johnson was, was right on point with his, with his, I'll have those niggas voting Democrat for 200 years. It was a systemic, um, psyop. It was, it was targeted, you know? And so that's why there's, um, and, and again, people like Trump, people like even Candace Owens that are saying like, no, we may disagree, but certain shit makes sense. 
at least speaking to it and saying, like, look, you guys as the Democrats have destroyed these communities historically. And here's your here's their here's your file. Right. That can't be ignored if she says things that other people in the hood are like, yeah, I don't like that she's presenting it that. But some of that shit is legit. It's the same thing that I'll say, but I'll just do it with an empathetic perspective. The Democrats are there. The Democrats are at least, it's like, listen, bro, you're going to try to fuck me. The Democrats are giving up dinner first at least. Yes, dude. Yes, yes. They're buying you dinner before they fuck you. That's the difference. (laughs) <laughs> the problem is also with the Democrats is that the Republicans don't the what the what the the donors of the Republican Party want and the base of the the Republican Party want tend to be the same thing. So they don't have to lie to them, right? They're like, we want deregulation of this. That's not the case with the Democratic Party. What the donors and the money wants and what the what the base wants are two totally different things. Because the, the money donors to the Democrats want the same thing the money donors to the, the Republicans want. But the base of the Democrats want a totally different thing. So they have to whine and dine them and lie to them. That's why they lie. That's why when people say, oh man, the Democrats are so much more so much more corrupt than the Republicans. I go, not really true. It's just they have to lie to right. their base because what what the base of the, and you can say whatever you want about super progressives, but we're talking liberty, like liberals. I'm an old school liberal. Live and let live and love. I don't care what you do as long as it's with consenting adults. Do whatever right. the fuck you want. It's none of my business. That's liberalism, right? And the Democrats for the longest time. In my humble opinion, before, before, or what's perceived as before the Clintons got there, which they, they were brought in to bring the Democratic Party to more uh, to the center and to get away from all that, that that hippie power shove. But it's like the belief is that they're the party of the people. And, and I don't think it's true at all. They lied to the, they are the exact same thing as Republicans. They just lied to their base. And that for the most part, the, the, the Democratic base, and I know people are going to lose it, but the truth is like they're good people. Now these yeah, crazy yeah. rich kids like Malcolm X and the Unabomber both said that, that rich liberals are the most dangerous animal on the planet. It's fucking true. The donors are even right. the same people for yeah. both parties. I, I mean, mean, the Koch brothers yeah. funded the, the Clintons. They funded the Clintons. When you know that the that George Bush was doing business with the Clintons with drugs to sell crack to the inner city, and then the Koch brothers came in and funded the Clintons, it's the same party. Just one side is really lying harder to their like, side than the other. Obama, I want change. It's, it's like, it's like, yeah. The Biden said, there's some of the lies that Biden said to you. or to get to fire up he was like as soon as i'm in there day one the two thousand dollar checks are going out the door now if you've been out of work for damn near eight months or a year that two thousand dollars could give you a little bit of room right the two thousand dollar checks are going out the door that was a fucking lie tyler the creator voice right (laughs) then he's like oh the student loan debt we're gonna figure out a way to wipe that clean that was a fucking lie. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's no different than when Obama was in office. He argued against day one. I'm closing down Guantanamo Bay. It's not right. That was a fucking lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing. The, the, the danger 
is in, and this is another reason why I think a lot of libertarians are actually afraid, because libertarians are sharp and smart as shit. I think that when you become an actual threat to all of that money that these this duopoly pretending like they're both sides, but they're the same thing. When you present someone that is like, I, I, Batman and the Joker don't actually want to kill each other. That when Heath Ledger played the Joker, he actually said it on the end towards the end of the movie where he was falling out of the ceiling and Batman shot the little grappling hook and caught him. And he said, you, man, you just, you, you won't kill me because you, you have this distorted sense of purpose and I won't kill you because you're just too fun. And he literally, the Joker literally told him, I need you. You need me. They're the eternal yin and yang. Uh. The libertarians or independent thought, they want that duopoly. Meanwhile, as Batman and fucking Joker and their minions or whoever are fighting, the people of Gotham City do not fucking get safer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't get better. It's more shit blown up. It's more, you know, fucking villains from Arkham Asylum coming out and Batman's got to fucking go get the Justice League. And they're blowing up more shit. Gotham does not get better. And then Bane shows up. He's like, fuck all of this. This is bullshit. It's beyond, it's corrupt. I'm here to fulfill the destiny of Ra's al Ghul. I don't give a fuck about Batman, great. He came to our school. That's great. This place is corrupt, and we got to give shit back to the hands of the people, and some of those people we got to get rid of, too, because they're infected with the corruption. The Libertarian Party, the independents, people that are thinking out of that party system that are just like, what are your principles? I don't care what letter is next to your name. What policies do you stand on? And are you going to uphold the Constitution, and which is nothing but human and natural rights and laws, codified. That's all it is. It's just reminders. When you have a group of people like the Libertarian Party that can come through like Bane, that can be just as strong, that can raise as much money, that's going to resonate with the people, now you become a threat. That's why a lot of independents and libertarians are afraid to actually do and practice what they know to be right in theory. Because then you become a threat. That's when motherfuckers start getting, you know, Clinton and shit like that. That's where we got to tie into why you should be having a fucking gun, why you should be training, why you should be working in your community, why you should be working in building security in your community. They're not going to give up power like, oh, man, OK, you guys won. Maj, you got a bunch of black people to fucking buy guns. I'm only not as threatening right now because I haven't figured out how to make them vote differently. Then... We all know how my movie ends. Oh, man. I'm with you, dude. I think about that all the time. It's like, get big, but not too big. You know? Because you don't want to scare them, dude. And, you know, there are people that I love that are like that. I go, are these people too big? They got to watch themselves, man. Because when you're too big... They get they don't like that. I mean, uh, listen, I'm telling I'm, I'll put the code out. Listen, my price is eight hundred million dollars. Federal government. You don't have to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys see me with two matching Bentley Continental GTs, one black and one white compromise. Don't fucking listen to me anymore. <laughs> I respect that, dude. We'll be looking for. So I want to end it on this real quick. 
I want to ask you a couple things real quick. How do we get the community, the black community, to take back their strengths uh, and get their interview, individual rights? What, what, what steps can we take? Economics. Honesty, like honest conversation around economics, politics, and defense. You have to have any any if 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 we really want America to be stronger, the areas that have been targeted the most have to self-correct. That doesn't mean that they a little help is cool, but not a crutch. Not liberals that's like, okay, we'll help you, but you gotta do this. Having honest conversations about our nation's history, the stains on our flag, allowing those communities, our communities, to be economically independent, as all powerful communities are. The Asian community has the lowest voter turnout, but they get that money. You know what I mean? And so having that honest conversation about our nation's history in regards to black people with economics, education, um, and then and then defense. Because, again, those powers that be, it's a bag of money in the black. I used to, one of my homes used to sell heroin. There's a, a, a hold on, real quick, cigarette. you broke up right there. One more time, what was that? It's said, a bag of money? Yeah. He said, yeah, there's a, my friend used to say, there's a fortune in a fiend. Meaning, if you're selling drugs, that fiend will find out how to bring you a fortune for the drugs. We in the black community are political fiends bringing money to the democratic, to the duopoly, to be honest. And that power and that those bags of money are not going to just lie down peacefully. It's our job to make sure that we're telling people about economic independence, um, political choices, and the political process, not just vote president every four years, and security to protect those interests because, and the people that are educating people that way, because those individual people are going to become targets. It's happened every time in human history, in American history. I don't care what ethnicity you're talking about. The, my favorite president of all time is John F. Kennedy. He was the last president that I was like, I think that guy fucking guy. I mean, um, he got his fucking head blown off in front of his lady. Um, this That was a guy that was like, we are being guided by an unseen hand, a secret society, an order that's not being transparent. Y'all heard the speech. And he got his fucking head blown off. So... To tell the community that you guys got to do it for self does not mean that you're telling the black community be racist. And if black people are saying, yo, we got we got to handle some of this shit on our own. Don't hit them. You're, you're racist. We don't have time for that shit. That construct is bullshit. We can have a conversation about race after we've created some economic stability generally in black community. But if you're white or an ally to black communities and you're like, nah, it's the state, understand that economic empowerment and the ability to defend what you've economically created for yourself, family, and community go hand in hand. And that's not a slight to other people because you want to get from up, I want to get out of the red into the black, you know? So those are the areas that, you know, all of our brothers and sisters that may not 
be, you know, black Americans, but are Americans of Irish, Mexican, Asian, Filipino, whatever descent. That's an area that we can find solidarity. When I see white dudes like, yo, I'm a straight white male and I'm proud. I'm like, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. That does not translate in my head to white racist nationalists hate everybody else. Those dudes make themselves known. That dude is like, fuck everybody except the white man. That guy's going to highlight himself. I don't even have to. But that dude is not the same dude that's going like, yo, I don't want to be attacked because I got an opinion or feelings or a viewpoint as a white dude. I, I didn't fucking benefit from fucking slavery. Now, there may be some systemic things that my skin tone based on the racism that has existed in America. White privilege doesn't mean like, again, you get the 750 credit score and like, When you're 21, they mail you your fucking, like, white privilege card. That's not what that means. It just means that race may have not been a barrier to the same extent as other people. That's what that means. But translating that and white dudes that are like, yo, I'm a straight white dude that likes chicks. That dude isn't trying to call for the end of every other ethnicity. We can translate that that way and recognize it on all fronts, we become very powerful. But if you want to be an allyship to assist the black community so we can get back to our level, and in turn, you know, all boats rise as the tide increases. So if we want to do that, that's an air, those are the areas that we can, you know, speak truth and, 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 and positive vibes into our community and support what we can. And everybody that's watching this, you can donate to GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter if you agree with any of the things we discussed today. <laughs> I agree with all of it, my friend. I agree with all of it. It was a wonderful conversation. We had some internet problems, but for the most part, super crush fest. And I appreciate you coming on, Maj. Uh, final thing, just tell them where they can find you and how we can support your cause. Yeah, man, on all social media platforms, Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E. On some of those platforms, you got got to type the whole name out, M-A-J-T-U-R-E. Funny how that works. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm shadow banned and they won't auto-populate me for that reason. Yeah. Um, and if you guys want to support, man, again, GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. Uh, go BlackGunsMatterShop.com. You can get merch, anti-anti-gun club. Um, Black Guns Matter shirts and stuff like that. Um, that's BlackGunsMatterShop.com. All of the work that we've done, the classes are completely free. All of the work that we've done, raised and given away. It's not sitting in my bank account somewhere. We gave it away as we raise it. That has been done with, you know, guys and women purchasing merch and donating to the cause and all that other good stuff. And my track record has already been proven that I did the right thing with the bread. So um, all of the, all of the donations are tax deductible. Um, And just outside of that, that's, that's the, you know, PR part. But if you're going through something, man, Especially like my vets, you know, vets get tossed away. I disagree with the state and how they play wars, but they use a lot of young guys to go think they're fighting for our country, but they're really fighting for some bullshit. 22 vets a day on average kill themselves. If you're thinking about that suicide thing, man, email me. I'll send you my phone number. It's maj2ray at gmail.com. Let's talk. Let's chop it up. Let's get on the FaceTime. Let's, let's, I'd rather hear what you're going through and listen to that, then read your obituary. 
You know what I'm saying? So reach out to me. Let's chop it up about life. You know what I'm saying? What, what kind of liquor you drink? What kind of cigars <laughs> you smoke? What kind of incense you burn? Let's chop it up about that type of shit. And let's all just help each other. Let's help you, each other. You usually don't hear that. Someone with the Second Amendment talk about suicide. Yeah. I mean, nobody that gets, talks Yeah, usually that. that gets thrown in. And then someone would be like, well, let me... The fact that suicide isn't a bigger discussion in this country, you know, it's just because it's mostly males that are doing it and therefore nobody really veterans like he's saying. I mean, it's it's an astronomical rate, dude. It's unbelievable how we see at these sports events. Our military man of the year. God bless him. I have zero problems with military personnel. I have a lot of problems with dark arts occultists who run the military industrial complex. I have no problems with the people who serve because they want to help their country and better their family. I have a problem with the military industrial complex because none of them are fighting these wars. So yeah, 100%. Maj, if you're ever in town in Los Angeles, I don't know if you make it out here, man, but we'd love to have you in studio and powwow and anytime we could uh, help you with anything you're doing, if you got an event coming up or you're doing a fundraiser for this this and that please let us know uh anything we could do to help is uh it it would be our honor to be a part of it my friend and uh we really appreciate you coming on man you were you uh blew uh expectations out of the water so thank you very much man thank you all so much i'll talk to you all in a bit we'll do it again soon take care we love you guys very much hope to see you in my uh in minneapolis miami and in houston we'll talk to you guys soon take care This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foil hack. Tim Foil hack.